0: Hello and welcome back to the Go for Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and here is uh, another division preview this week. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing in the uh, sunny life up there up north?
1: Yeah, I'm doing all right. Trying to keep as cool as possible, same as everyone else. But like we've just talked about off air, it's less than eight Sundays now till NFL season, so it can't be that bad, can it?
0: Yeah, I think eight Sundays yesterday. We were recording today on Monday, and it was, I think, eight Sundays from yesterday, so I can't wait now. That means we're, like, technically, doesn't that mean we're, like, nearly seven Thursdays away? <laughs> we look
1: yeah, basically.
0: Way. Yeah, seven Thursdays this week, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm dying for it now. It's going to be good. Uh, teams report to camp from the 23rd, I believe, of July. Um, so, we'll start hearing all the camp news coming out, battling for positions uh, veterans might get cut or traded in the next couple of weeks once, once camps start so that's, that's all good uh, plan for today we're moving back over to the NFC obviously the AFC South last week we're doing the NFC South this week, um, which includes a very important piece of news that we completely forgot last week for the Baker Mayfield trade, that Patrick reminded me just before we recorded. So uh, we'll talk about Baker a little bit and that trade when we come to talk about the Panthers. Um, but let's start as we always do and talk about a little bit around a it from last year. Um, Bucks won the division, no surprise there. They were they were heavy favorites. They were thirteen and four. Um, it surprised me actually thinking about how good. That record is uh, second was the Saints at nine and eight. Um, I can't believe the Saints managed to win nine games of all their QB issues. Uh, third was Falcons at seven and ten, and then the fourth was uh, four position was Pampers at five and twelve. Uh, looking back at the records, did any of them surprise you? Because I was completely shocked that the Falcons managed to win seven games when I looked at this.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're kind of like. Um... The Saints as well. You're kind of used to double-digit wins, aren't you? Even though I know that the absolutely horrendous uh, injuries last year. But yeah, the Saints, the Falcons as well, the Panthers. Never forget that. Mate, we was talking about them when they were three and zero. It turns out that they've beaten the three, three of the worst teams in football. That was but the, the Panthers after week three were pretty much one of the top two kind of worst teams in football, weren't they? So yeah, I think after, awesome. after week six or seven, they
0: won one game all season. That was it. Yeah, not good. Not good, no. Good start for them. Defense was good. But yeah, like, like you said, all because of the schedule, unfortunately. Um, yeah, surprising the Falcons won seven games. That's pretty impressive, really, with the, the roster they've got and had. I know the roster was a little bit better last year than it was this year with the QB, but it, that was surprising. Um, yeah, and the Saints just had so many QB and wide receiver issues. And I kind of forgot that Kamara missed so many games, but obviously Michael Thomas didn't play a single snap last season, did he? And uh, still not fully recovered this season yet. So uh, I think the whole time for this division was interesting. Um, in terms of the Bucks, I guess they had a good win against the Eagles in the playoffs, but uh, injuries throughout the season to Godwin, to the O-line kind of just all caught up with them at the end. And then against the Rams, they, they couldn't get it done despite Tom Brady coming back really well in the second half. And there's that famous bit, was it the Eagles game where the right tackle worse got injured and then he came back? And he was injured and then he came back on and played again. Is it and it was kind of just like a summary of the whole season, being like, right, this team is just completely done now in terms of injuries.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was a crazy second half, wasn't it? Against the Rams, it felt like it was going to uh, going to happen until the Stafford to Cup connection kind of killed the game. But yeah, interesting year really for the for the books last year. Never felt like. Even though they won 13 games, it never felt like there was close to top gear, did it at all?
0: No, especially on that defence. I thought the defence, obviously, was the main reason they beat the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. was a good reason why they played so well against Green Bay as well in the NFC game. Um, and then this year, last year, sorry, it just didn't quite get going for them on defence. I know they had loads of cornerback injuries. They signed Sherman, didn't they, at one point. Um, and, yeah, I think it was just too much for them. Um We'll see. We'll see how this season goes. Um, let's move on then to talk about the teams for this year. Uh, we'll start with that team, the Bucks. Uh As we always do, we'll start with coaching changes. Um, this one's interesting because uh, Bowles is obviously uh, head coach now, was the DC. Uh, I've read that he still will call plays, um, so we'll see how, how involved he is in the defence. But um, kind of an easy move to move him up to head coach, but you lose Arians on offence But however, everything you read is that Arians didn't have much to do with the offence at times. And it was very much a Tom Brady, uh, left which kind of masterpiece. So what are your thoughts on on that swap? Do you think that'll make any difference or could actually make, I guess, a positive difference maybe if uh, Brady and him didn't quite get on?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to make a positive difference because it didn't seem uh, to be the most amicable of relationships, did it? No. Uh, I know he's an interesting character, obviously, Bruce Arians. He's had the real crazy kind of uh, life with health wise as well was not it but yeah yeah i do think it's going to make a positive impact for the buccaneers absolutely left which is kind of still there he was head coach touted around wasn't he as well this summer so it's yeah I i like todd bowles getting the second go around as well i thought he was he was as far as the New York Jets goes, he was he was pretty good to be honest <laughs> at the Jets. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was. And his defense, his play calls in the, in the Super Bowl run were incredible. So I, do, I agree with you. He got quite a lot of interviews, didn't he? So I think he did deserve a, he deserved a second run there. Um, but yeah, Leftwich was linked to Jags, wasn't he? Because he was their former QB, and that was the story for a while, that he was going to go there. So I, I do think it's good that they managed to keep hold of him. Because I think if you lose Arians and him in the same offseason, plus a couple of the players we'll talk about, I felt like it could have been a bit of a strange off-season, but I think just to keep him and then Arians move upstairs to an advisory role... I do think the offense will will probably flourish. And the defense should be the same with Todd Bowles there. We'll we'll see if he carries on calling plays or not. But at the moment, he said he will. So if he does, I think the defense will still be good. Um, In terms of uh, player acquisition then, so um, free agency slash trades, obviously added Shaq Mason in that deal that no one could believe from the Patriots. Cheapest deal ever. Uh, They added Hicks, who played for the Bears last year. Really good DT, basically, to replace um, Sue. And then they added Russell Gage, uh, wide receiver from the Falcons, to replace Antonio Brown. Uh, in terms of players they've lost, obviously they've lost Brown. Uh, they've lost Gronk as well, who's now retired, um, Hall of Fame career. Uh, unfortunately, he's retired and allegedly says he's not going to come back, even if Tom Brady calls. Um, they've lost Alex Kappa, who went to the Bengals. Ronald Jones to the Chiefs. They lost Whitehead, the safety, who went, I think, to the Jets. And then O.J. Howard was a sneaky sign-in for the for the Buffalo Bills at tight end. So quite a few changes. Um, draft picks-wise, obviously they don't pick very they picked very low in the draft with how good they are so they picked logan hall who's like a dt D, a, D E hybrid uh Rashad white is a running back that i think is pretty good tom brady running back that they can uh, they can lean on this season and then overall um, they managed to re-sign a lot of their star players from from the, from the last couple of seasons so it was a good good off season for them um which player i guess acquisition will start off with um which one do you think is going to make the most difference to their season really from that list
1: from that list, I'm gonna go for Russell Gage. Because I, I well I should start by saying that Shaq Mason obviously is like the cream of the crop, but kind of when you that seemed like a must after losing Kappa to the Bengals. So obviously that kind of just fits straight in there, doesn't it? But yeah, for me Gage um really underrated wide receiver and something I think that they just kind of Needed that extra weapon. Obviously, they've got Evans and Godwin, but after that, it's kind of it is bitty that they've had like always had like Scotty Miller or like Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden did basically nothing in his <laughs> rookie season, did he? No, kind of. I would expect more after that because he was a decently high pick. I remember, I think he was like a like a third rounder or
0: I yeah, what? I think he was a third rounder because he was yeah. Yeah, he obviously had the best. I think was it was a punt or kick return stats as well. And that's kind of all he does for them, isn't it? It's just return
1: kicks. Yeah, it is, yeah. I do think Rashad White as well will be uh, very important. Uh, catching a few passes out the backfield. Obviously, something that Fournette is, is not great at. But <laughs> I, I I just like, I like the offence still. Um, yeah, it's good acquisitions. I think they balanced it out well because obviously they lost a couple of key people. Jordan Whitehead, I really, really like. They lost him in free agency but overall i think they may just have found a balance to kind of keep the roster as talented
0: yeah i, I actually think whitehead's probably the biggest loss out of all that group um i yeah. know people will say gronk but he, he had flashes last year but really not the same player anymore and they didn't ask him to block as much they put other titans into block just because they didn't want to tire him out so i actually do agree with you i think whitehead is probably the biggest loss there um and in terms of the defensive line, adding Hall and Hicks, this team that's had a good defensive line for, for the last three, four seasons, is only going to get better now. Their front is really, really good. Uh, in terms of schedule stuff, strength schedule-wise, they're the seventh easiest in the league. So that is a really, really nice schedule. Um, however, I did look at it, and their, their first four games are very difficult. So they've got the Cowboys in week one, the Saints in week two, who obviously traditionally give Tom Brady problems, uh, the Packers in week three, and then the Chiefs in week four. That could be an 0-4 team. Or one and three team after four games for a team that's heavily favoured to win the division, which would be quite shocking.
1: Or four and out.
0: <laughs> uh, I can't be four and out. We've got the game, uh, we've got the Chiefs game, mate. It's not gonna be four and out. But yeah, I just can't see them winning all four of them games. If they no, do, we'll, we'll, if they do, we'll be like Super Bowl favourites, won't we? Immediately. <laughs> yeah, it
1: feels like a two and two start yeah. there. Uh, to be honest I'm ready to make my pick on the first week's games all against the Cowboys but (laughs) uh, yeah I feel like it's uh, I think Buccaneers Packers are a really uh, interesting game to see kind of how the Packers shape up without Adams going on the road so yeah I mean great schedule uh, kind of there's a 6pm game against the Saints for us and then Packers is the 925 game the others are kind of uh, Sunday Night Football aren't they so yeah, they've got a lot of late games when
0: you look at it. They've got Ravens as a late game, Saints second game a late game, Cardinals as a late game. Um, but yeah, they end the season with a nice Panthers-Falcons run, so I'm sure Tom Brady will get a little bit of... Uh, to, to pad some stats there with some 400-yard passing games against against those two teams. Um, if we look at the, um, the roster as a whole, we'll go de- defence first, because I know we spoke a little bit about the offence. Um, is this going to have an argument for one of the best defences in the league? Because I think on paper... Without injuries, it has, but obviously, there's a quite a few injury-prone players in, in, in there, also, unfortunately, for
1: them. Yeah, of course, it is. You have to put it up there. That's kind of the, where the Super Bowl run came from, isn't it, two years ago. I mean, the, the, you just go down the depth chart. I mean, it's quite ridiculous, really. They've still got kind of. They've got Goldston, Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks as their try-on from last year. He was kind of, kind of went under the radar, didn't he? Their first-round pick from last year. But. I quite liked um, what I saw from him. And obviously the linebacker corpse is still there. Devon White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. It's a, it's a great up and down. It is probably the best starting defence that you can get. Now after that if you get some injuries I think It's a bit the second, thin isn't it? I think the secondary is okay. Obviously got, got Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan kind of backing up in the, in the secondary but at corner, obviously, it there was there's not a lot as there was not last year, so that could be issues. It's all about staying healthy. And if the defense stays healthy, I'm expecting NFC Championship minimum right for this team. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's that's how good the team is. But I know they lost um, JPP and Sue, but they were really poor down the end of the season. So I think when you got a starting, if, if you're going to rush five, for example, they're probably going to rush on like a third down. They're going to rush Barrett, Shiyanka. Hicks, Vita Veya, and then probably Logan Hall or, or William Golson. That is just an elite group, isn't it? That can stop the run. But to be honest, and more importantly, they can stop the run whenever they want. It's the best defensive line stopping the run in the entire NFL. Um, and I just think on third down with those five rushing, which we know Todd Bowles likes to do, he's going to rush five quite a lot. And um, I just think that they're going to be pretty they're gonna be pretty good but like you said injuries is is the worry um i actually quite like the neil and Logan signs like you said a good experience and they can both kind of play corner safety hybrid can't they so they can mix in um and we'll have to see if someone like zion mccullum is any good who they drafted in in this year's draft um going to the offense then uh what about the wide receivers godwin's probably not going to play till november december um i didn't realize how many snaps and touches antonio brown had in the first 10 games it was crazy he was basically their wide receiver one for the first 10 games of the season is there any sort of worry there that you're going to be down to two guys and then tight ends that are more known for blocking
1: it's not a massive worry because i think the books are going to win enough games to get through to the end of the season to win the division um it ain't the perfect group, is it? But, but, you know, you look past, you look on Brady's past and at the Patriots, yeah, he's always just made the most of what he's got. And I really like the running back room as well. I think they'll lean heavily on that at times. I think they'll be absolutely fine. After, let's say, Godwin comes back, I don't know, week eight, they may be kind of five, three, four and four. And I think the Bucks will just kind of burn it then until the end of the season through the easier part of the schedule and. Kind of canter to the division. I, I'm I'm not massively worried at the start. May poses some problems in that four game stretch that we've looked at. But by the time the end of the season comes, and who knows who they're going to kind of pick up late veteran free agent, so yeah.
0: Edelman or someone will probably come out of retirement for, for Brady or something, <laughs> some, so something like that. But you know, no, I do agree. I think they'll run the ball a little bit more on first and second down, maybe a little bit too much, and you'll find like analytics people. And follow that sort of stuff, moaning about their offense. But I think when Godwin comes back, they'll be able to go to a whole new level. So I, I do think they're going to be fine if the defense lives up to what it should. Then they're not going to have to score many points to uh, to win some of the games against the uh, lesser offenses. Um, let's move to the Saints then. Similar situation really to the Bucks. Dennis Allen, who was the DC, is now the head coach. Obviously, Sean Payton stepping away to retire for what seems to be one year. Um, I don't know if you saw that. There's already reports that he's interested in the Cowboys, Dolphins. And, oh, I can't remember the third team. There was a third team with a relatively new coach as well. Um, and I was just laughing, being like, it's so funny how he's already putting these teams out that he's interested in. But um, I'm a big fan of Payton on offense. Uh, obviously, they're going to have the, the, they already had No. C. last year that's still going to call the plays now instead of Payton. Um, do you think this will make much of a difference? Cause I know Dennis Allen's pretty well liked around the organization, but I do think Sean Payton's one of the best to do it. So I do think this is going to have a bit more of an impact than maybe the Buck situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at Sean Payton and how he kind of turned around the whole Saints franchise from all the, the issues that they've had before, and obviously the Katrina kind of rallied around that. So, yeah, I think it'll make a, a big difference. Uh, I would always say, though, I mean, you kind of look back over Sean Payton's career and you kind of forget he went 7-9 and nine with Drew Brees for quite a few seasons in a row. So, True. I, I think it's, it's time for them to... Uh, for a good change. I like Danny I mean, Salah. He's obviously been around the NFL
0: quite a while, hasn't he? So. Yeah. The Bucks won't be happy with that choice because uh, <laughs> the Saints' D has definitely uh, overcome the, the Bucks in in the last two seasons. So we'll see if that happens again. Um, in terms of player-wise then, um, if we go through players, they've lost first. They've obviously lost Terran Armstead, left tackle, who went to the Dolphins. Um, one of the best left tackles in football, if you're healthy. And then Marcus Williams is another huge one who's signed for the Ravens. He is... For me, probably the third best safety in the league behind Minka and Derwin. Um, so I think that's a pretty huge loss in terms of replacing them. They've added uh, Tyron Matthew and Marcus May, obviously both safeties that can play different roles. Um, Landry's come in to be like an extra wide receiver because they obviously needed that last year. And then in the draft, they added Olave for about ten picks. If you actually look up, trace that pick down, it's it's come about ten different ways. Um, Trevor Penning as well in the first round, who's a bit more of a project left tackle for me. I know we didn't we didn't love him on this show, but uh, he'll probably have to start for them. And then Alonte Taylor, who's a second-round cornerback, who will also probably start for this team. So um, quite a lot of change in the, in the off-season in terms of player-wise. Um, do you think they've done enough to replace those players? Because I have to say, I'm a bit worried about the left tackle, but uh, I think adding those two wide receivers is going to make the offence a lot better than last year.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, especially if Michael Thomas can come back and kind of contribute to be what he was once. But, I mean, you've got to look at left tackle and think you Trevor Penning, I mean, he looks like he's going to start, doesn't he? Yeah, it does. Coming in for Teron Armstead, that is, it feels like a huge downgrade. We'll kind of see what probably one of the more interesting NFC stories during training camp, really, to see how he gets on. But I think they've done enough overall. I think losing um, Marcus Williams, he was one of my favorite uh, agents this year. I don't know why, I just kind of love safeties, but. And, and they've replaced him with names, right? So Tyra Matthew, is he kind of dropping down now? Obviously, Marcus Williams is only 26 years old. Matthew's just kind of hit 30. And Marcus May is just about to turn 30 years old. Like May, I think he's gone under the radar because he was at the Jets. We're doing a real <laughs> back down <turn laughs> to the Jets, actually. So you don't kind of hear about him that much. He's a good player. But uh, I don't know whether they just have a little kind of downgrade overall their maybe performance, but you go through the defence and he's still very good, isn't it, on the back end? Yes. Obviously they've got Lattimore and Gardner-Johnson at cornerback so, yeah, Daniel Sorensen, your old mate from the Chiefs that was a
0: <laughs> See Harry, but... on in the backup road. <laughs> Well, the problem is Tyrone Matthew tried to get away from Dan Sorensen and now he can't escape him so uh, I feel <laughs> sorry for Tyrone having to go through that. Um, Tyron hasn't announced what number he's wearing yet, and I'm just desperate for him to uh to buy number seven off Taysom Hill to wear number seven like he did in L S U. But I don't Oh know. yes, I've just noticed on
1: this depth chart here, he's double zeros at the minute,
0: so he's not um He hasn't decided. Apparently he's leaning towards five, but apparently Andy Dalton's now got number five. I so think I th- Andy's number five, he can't have that. I think he's running out of options here. Um Jarvis Landry is probably gonna actually wear double zero as well from what I've read. So oh, he well. can't actually wear double zero either. So um yeah, we'll see what Tyron does, but I think that was a good signing. Um, definitely not very good last year for the Chiefs, but contract year, and there was obviously a lot of issues with the fact that the Chiefs didn't offer him a deal in the off-season like he wanted to. Um, Marcus Mayer had a lot of injuries and a big contract with the Jets, like you said, so I'm, a bit, I'm concerned to, to see how good that safety unit could be. I think it's either going to be elite or it's going to really struggle against quick pace receivers, because um, both of them i have suffered a lot of injuries in the last few years, but... Um, moving over to the offense, if we do get a fully fit Michael Thomas and you've gone from having the, the offense they had last year to having Thomas, Olave, Landry, and then the three receivers that started last year and now your three backups, I think that's a very, very deep unit. And if you take Trevor Penning out of it, the offensive line for me is still really, really good. Um, so I think that's still a strength, even if the left tackle is a bit of an issue. But uh, I guess the main position on everyone's mind is quarterback. James Winston coming back from the ACL. Um He's throwing again now. There's loads of motivational videos of him with the guys uh, on Twitter, as always. Um, how confident are you in Jameis being good enough to to potentially help them win the division? I, n- I know we think the Bucks are going to win it, but can they challenge? Can they challenge the
1: division at least with with him at quarterback, or do they should they do something else there? No, I I think they can. I think they can challenge uh, for the division. within the, uh, I just think the strength of the roster and the kind of the wide receiver room that you just read out is is enough for for them to be kind of up there in the 10-11 wins scenarios. But a lot of it's going to come down to left tackle, isn't it? And if he's kind of, if he's a little bit leaky early in the season, that could uh, lead to Jameis maybe releasing the ball quicker than he <laughs> wants to. And we know how many interceptions he has thrown before within the division as well. So, yeah, it's a really interesting team, this. This is one of the teams that I was most looking forward to talking about because... I feel like it's there's still a little bit of a kind of an unknown with without Peyton being there and still with without Drew Brees, but they've got so much talent, haven't they? That if it all comes together then yeah, they could win the division. Yeah, they have got
0: a lot of talent. If you just look at some of the names that aren't starting for them that, that you that you, you know I mean? that you have heard of like Peyton Turner was a draft pick in what? Second round maybe? I think second roundish. Um, you've got Alonte Taylor, who was another second round pick, not starting for them. You've got Bradley Roby out of Houston, who was a starter there, that's not starting for them. Uh, and then obviously, in terms of backups, you're going to have like Cesar Ruiz, who might might start, might be backup. You're going to have the three receivers from last year, like I said, that are now going to be backups. You can have Mark Ingram as a backup running back, Andy Dolan's backup QB. There's a lot of names in there across this whole roster. Um, yeah, there is. Yeah,
1: He's deeper than I remember. Kind of when you get it down on paper and have a look at it.
0: By the way, it should be um, it should be deep with how uh, how much money they've spent in the last few years. Uh, that is for sure. Um, and by the way, I like the flex of Dennis Allen, who was the DC last year. He 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 obviously thought he was so good at DC that he's hired two to replace him. So he's got a ju- <laughs> he's got a joint pair of Ryan Nielsen and Chris um, Richard rather than just one so i like the fact that he flexed on that and was just like right i'm so good i'm gonna get two two to replace me uh in terms of their strength of schedule they're similar to the bucks nine in the league um so a relatively easy one um it's slightly harder than the Bucks just because of travel and and the bucks do have like a nice mid-range but uh, if we look at the start of the season though this is where i want to talk about because it's very opposite to the bucks they obviously do play each other in week two But the Saints also played the Falcons in week one, the Panthers in week three, so three divisional games off the bounds, which must be unheard of for me. Three at the start is, is crazy. And then you have the Vikings followed by the Seahawks. So they could win, do you know what I mean? They could be three and two, four and one in their first five games and have a real positive start into the division before the games do get a little bit trickier in the middle section. But um, what what are your kind of opinions on that? Do you think we could be sat here four weeks into the season with the, the rumours around the league being the Saints are going to win the division, but really it could just be a schedule win?
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And also, if you look, obviously, week four in London against the Vikings, there's no bye this year after it. But then the game the week after is Seahawks in New Orleans. That is absolutely perfect scheduling to kind of be four and one if you can beat the Vikings. Or well, you never know. I mean, they've beaten the Bucks, haven't they, quite handily in the regular season the last two years. So yeah. you could be looking at a team that's kind of got a lot of hype around them after week five. So it's yeah, it's it's looking good for the Bucs. Obviously it gets the it's it stiffens up later later in the season, like a run of like the Raiders, Cardinals, Bengals, Steelers, but Rams. But you know, you get to five and zero. Oh, you just, and the books maybe are sitting at two and two, two and three, three and two. You you've got that lead, haven't you, to kind of protect and see how it goes along. Yeah, I think the the Saints are for sure going to be kind of within a battle for the division late into the season.
0: Yeah, and they've got the mighty Eagles on New Year's Day as well. Just for us all to to watch that at six
1: pm. Uh, I know that'll be on your house on New Year's Day as you're recovering. <laughs> They've also got the Browns look on Christmas Eve at six PM. The schedule's real yeah. falling this year, lovely.
0: They got some big games. They're on they're on TV as well, obviously a lot in the division. And um Raven Saints on T V is the perfect uniform matchup as well. That's two Two elite uniforms there that we'll, we'll get to see. Um, cool. Let's move over then to maybe uh, some non-contending division teams. <laughs> uh, Falcons, nothing really to talk about coaching-wise. No major changes. A couple of like O-line and, and um, uh, receiver coach stuff, but nothing really major. Um, in terms of player-wise, um, a bit of a strange one. They've obviously lost Matt Ryan. Um, they've lost Alua Khan, who started for them. Harmon started for them. Fabian Moreau as well was their second corner. He's gone. Um, they've added a Feddy, um, obviously pretty good offensive lineman. Something they do need. They've added Casey Hayward, who had a good season last year, can play at a corner. And then Marcus Mariota was basically the uh, the the replacement for for Matt Ryan. Oh yeah, and they also lost Russell Gage. We we spoke about earlier. So uh, in terms of free agency. Bit of a strange one. They've added some players that will improve them, but they've lost some some major pieces in the draft. Obviously, very good draft picks. They've added Drake London, Arnold Abakitty and Anderson on defense in the second round, and then they came back in round three and added Ridder, who was obviously a QB that I really, really liked. Um, let's just talk about the free agency losses and stuff, first of all. Um they've lost Ridley for the season, they've lost Gage, they've lost Matt Ryan. Um, is there a worry that this offense just could be pretty terrible to start the season, especially with the who's playing at quarterback?
1: Yes, I think they I think I think that's a very big option. It's quite of a worry, really, isn't it? Because I mean, you've had so much stability with Matt yep. Ryan, and all that time he's always kind of had Julio Jones, you know, for the last eight years, and then they kind of moved on to Calvin Ridley, who was who's obviously now suspended, but. He, yeah, it's a worry for me. Um the offence doesn't look I mean, the offence you you look at it now and you think Drake London has to come in and perform and has to be the wide receiver one. Straight away you kinda of, you can't have any issues. Obviously they've got pits, but just having Mariota at Q B after you know, two seasons of not starting in the NFL and maybe three seasons actually.
0: Yeah, three,
1: yeah. Yeah, three seasons of not starting in the NFL and yeah it's a it's a real change isn't it now for them obviously it's they're in now the rebuilding process and they've got some offensive pieces some young offensive pieces that I just spoke about that are to good building blocks but yeah it's it's not looking i think it's going to be a real tough season in atlanta
0: yeah it is a very very tough off season
1: interesting that um
0: arthur smith was the oc when uh, mario got benched <laughs> but now he's the head coach that um that brings him in i did find that was uh, that was interesting um i was looking at the numbers as well so last year on offense uh, their pass rate was really really good in terms of their success rate when they passed on first down but they actually ran more than anyone on first down with matt ryan kyle pitts and obviously ridley at times um so this year, when you've got Mariota at QB and you've got these wide receiver options, I imagine we're going to see a pretty run-heavy team, aren't we, with uh, Arthur Smith at the controls?
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, I'm expecting kind of um, obviously Patterson will get a lot of touches. It was kind of went under the radar. He kind of had a renaissance season last season, didn't he, in in Atlanta? But I'd expect Damian Williams and kind of Tyler Algier to get a, quite a lot of touches. Early in the season, just as they get going with Mariota, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think there's a lot of pressure on Mariota, really, because with Desmond Ridder, kind of not he is a little bit similar to Mariota in a way, but he kind of feels a little bit more maybe he's got a little bit of a better arm than Mariota. It's going to be interesting actually to see because I'm not expecting the Falcons to win an incredible amount of games to begin the season so. Kind of a, how long do you wait before you get have a look at Ritter? because yeah, you know yeah. Mariota, I mean, he ain't a long term guy, is he? At this stage yeah. of his career,
0: I would want to start Ritter to be honest, but I, I just don't see any negative to doing that. But with your own draft pick that you've got, because if he's terrible, then doesn't you lose games? You're probably going to lose games with Mariota anyway, aren't you? And if he's good, then it gives you a bit of a headache like we spoke about with Davis Mills when we spoke about the Texans. So I, I think I'd probably give them a bit more a bit more leeway in some. But, um, yeah, I do wonder how it's going to look, obviously, letting, having Matt Ryan, Gage, Ridley all leave, and Julio lost last year, obviously, all leaving at the same time. Even though Ridley might come back. He's obviously not going to come back this season. Um, if you look at the defence as well, um, I know, obviously, they've added two players on defence in the draft that we think will probably start potentially for them. But when I look at the roster as a whole on this end of the floor, uh, this end of the, the field, sorry, it does worry me a little bit, especially that defensive line. Even though I know they've got two players there that you think are should be still be good players, in Garrett and uh, I guess Deion Jones is not as good last year but still should be good. The overall defence to me is like a real worry in this division. I think even bad offence of like Carolina could seem like they could put up a lot of points against the Falcons, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I like Richie Grant at safety, but... And also, I mean, Casey Haywood now, he's he's kind of mid-30s and it just seems like a one-year stopgap there. Yeah, it's, they don't have an incredible amount of um, great young talent on defence. I think that Eberchetti and Troy Anderson maybe need to come in and kind of perform straight away. Yeah, I think it's a real downturn, isn't it, for, uh, for the Falcons this year. I should mention AJ Terrell, by the way. He's a... Draft in 2020, he he looks a pretty good starting cornerback, doesn't he? In football, but yeah, I, I do worry for the Falcons.
0: Yeah, I think on paper it could it could go down as 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 probably the one of if not the worst roster in the league. I know there's some other teams, obviously, and maybe one we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> They've got there. Um, my other worry is their schedule. So obviously, Warren Sharp, strength of schedule is what what we tend to use on here just because of his expertise. And even though they're a bad team, and you think. They obviously finished third in the division last year, so they should have a, an easier schedule. And some of the names on there will be easier. If you look at some of the rest they've got, the amount of tri- travel they have to do compared to a lot of teams across country, um, the lack of rest, obviously, from where they've got to play. They play other teams on good rest. It's a bit of a weird schedule for them. Um, and, and they've obviously got some hard games in there. Saints and Bucks games in the division are hard. Um, they've got games against teams like the 49ers, Browns, Chargers, that, that are fairly difficult. Um, but... I guess I wanted to focus on the start here. So you've got the Saints, Rams, Seahawks and then Browns and then Bucks. That could be a one and four start, couldn't it? With, with a game that they pro- they're only probably in against the Seahawks, you'd think. And I just think this is the sort of team that with this young of, of stars, if they start pretty badly, I think the season could go in a bit of a spiral for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Because, I mean, you'd expect the Saints and Rams games to be losses straight away. Then all of a sudden you're kind of looking at the see a hook's game to try and get on the board aren't you really because who knows what's going to happen with the Browns in week four could be anyone at QB could be Brissett, couldn't it or or Watson so they're following that up with the Bucks, 49ers and Bengals is yeah it's, it's not a kind schedule for a for a kind of a weak roster this year but We'll have to see see what that means for kind of the, uh, the coaching staff and, and the QB situation. I would expect to see Desmond Ridders starting for from kind of early mid-season, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I agree. I just don't see the benefit of of not. I, like you said, I think Mario is a, a long-term guy. Um, what are your thoughts on the coaching? Last kind of point, what your thoughts on the coaching staff here? Uh, Arthur Smith, this would be a second year. Everyone knows they're going to be bad, but if they win three games four games, obviously they won seven last year, which like I said, did surprise me. It was that many. If they won four games and uh, the offense maybe struggled and uh, maybe they take too long to change QBs or something like that. Could we see this is the last season for Smith or do you think he gets one more next year when they've got Ridley back and they've got obviously high draft picks and they've got some cap space now that they've moved on from Jones and
1: Ryan? Yeah, I would like to think he would get um, a third season, but you know, if, you, if you're if kind of only winning three or four games, it, it does give, you know, Arthur Blank will be kind of looking at that, thinking, you know, three or four wins is, is not enough. We think we've got a better roster than that. Sometimes, obviously, you, you get delusion, don't you, within kind of higher-ranking uh, sports teams, unfortunately, where you think you're actually better than you are and you should be contending. So, yeah, interesting. I'd like to hope that he would get another season, but I don't think it's guaranteed
0: yes yeah i think i'm with you there i'd like to hope it but you know the nfl it can always be a little bit <laughs> we, we can't uh, sort of unexpected but the unexpected i think is probably the normal with the uh, the nfl um i hope he doesn't just turn them into a trying to run first terrible offense i think he should try and stick to his principles a little bit even though the quarterback's not 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 ideal but we'll see um let's move over to the panthers then um probably the funniest coaching change of them all. <laughs> um, they fired, was it Liam Brady? That was, it wasn't it. Who was the, uh, uh the Joe guy. Brady, Joe Brady, Liam Brady's play for Arsenal, uh, <laughs> Joe Brady, um, from LSU. He's left now and they got rid of him, I think mid season, well, near the end of the season. Uh, and they decided to replace him with the famous OC and offensive mastermind uh, as Ben McAdoo. Uh, he's had more hairstyles and now more teams, I think than, uh, than anyone I've ever met. Um, what were your thoughts on that news? Because I I do think that is an extremely odd signing uh, as a franchise, but is Matt Rule just trying to get a steadying bit of kind of expertise, I guess, and experience uh, to go alongside him?
1: Yeah, I think the decisions that Matt Rule and combined with the Panthers that they've made in the kind of the last year are very strange. Uh, I can see why, you know, he's obviously got experience as a head coach, but he's Obviously, was not good at all. So, yeah, I, for me, I think the Panthers are going to have to do something this year for Matt Rule to to keep his job, his tenure in the NFL. As he, he's not been as advertised coming from college at all, has he?
0: No, no, and I, I don't know who's calling the shots really. Like we said with the um, front office and and him being the head coach, and he did demand quite a lot of control just because of his background from college football. So. I'd be interested to know who has got final say on certain stuff, but um, it doesn't look good at the moment for for either side. And I do think we could be coming to a point of complete restart after this year, especially with who the owner is. Quite an aggressive owner from a certain background. I think that he's going to want to make things move as soon as possible, I think. Uh, In terms of the off-season then, um, we'll start here. Baker Mayfield trade. Um, We'll talk about Baker first. Traded for, I believe it's a conditional fourth round pick, could become a fifth. Um, before we talk about any other additions and losses, um, what are your thoughts on on this trade? And do you see him starting the the year as starting QB for the team? I mean, my god, he has to start, doesn't he? <laughs> He's it's the that. Panthers, though. We're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, first things first. If we're going by that, he he definitely has to start. I also think the price that they paid was is basically nothing. Yeah. So that's for me. That's absolutely fine. Um. I, I really hope that he can kind of be competent. At the moment, he's like a career 500 guy, right? He's, he's 29 wins, 30 losses for the Browns. Obviously, last, he had a great season. 20, well, I say he had a great season. The Browns had a great season in 2020. He was 11-5, and five, but oh, I don't know. It, it felt inevitable when, obviously, Deshaun Watson went to the Browns. For that astronomical deal that he was going to go somewhere. And I, I'm glad he's getting a, a, a second chance immediately to start and he's not going to be on a bench somewhere. I just don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> I really, they've got the strangest quarterback room going because I think they've got four Carolina Panthers style starting QBs in Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, and PJ Walker. It's kind of I feel like they've got four starting QBs that can only start for the Panthers. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. I mean, uh, it's a weird one as well because that pick
0: of of Corral. Um, obviously, they didn't have Baker Mayfield at the time. And you think, is this team who needs as much help as they can get elsewhere? Are they going to go into the season with three QBs, or are they going to try and stash Corral on the practice squad? Because I think if you put Around the practice squad he's going to get signed by another team almost immediately because yeah
1: there's no way there's no way yeah
0: yeah he's got that pedigree so I do wonder what they do do they cut Darnold do they go with three QBs but yeah I don't think PJ Walker's gonna be long for the roster <laughs> I think that one might uh the ship might have sailed on that one but um yeah no I agree with you I think he did play well Baker that season they got in the playoffs so I don't think he's as great as what some Browns fans thought he was but I actually do think he was good and easily You know, in that Derek Carr sort of level tier of quarterback, the way he played. But then unfortunately, uh, the year after, not just injuries, but his pocket presence when they had some O-line injuries and he wasn't quite as clean, um, his decision-making just became pretty poor. And you could just tell the offense is built around him. He's not making the offense thrive. I mean, the offense has to make him thrive, which I do think is his worry. But um, Baker Mayfield uh, in Carolina, they'll run a similar offense as well with McAdoo. They're going to run him on boots and stuff and get him moving around and not asked to read the defense for too long. So. He could do well. I hope he does well. After everything that happened to the Browns, even though I wasn't his biggest fan before then, I do think he deserves it and it would be nice to see him. Um, we'll talk about schedule in a bit, but week one's looking uh, looking pretty tasty. Uh, in terms of the rest of the off-season, um, they added uh, Corbett, also Corbett as well. They added Javier Woods. They added Matt Ioannidis, who's a good DT. Um, Johnny Hecker, which I didn't realize till Patrick updated the doc. He'd signed. He'd signed for them. Uh, the former Rams punter, who's probably the best punter ever at throwing a ball. Uh, and then they added Bozeman, who can start a center a position that they've needed for a while. Uh, in the the draft, obviously they added Aquana at sixth overall. He'll start for them immediately at left tackle, or maybe. Yes, it should be left tackle, we'll see. Uh, and then Matt Corral, we spoke about earlier, was picked 94. And in terms of losses, um, Stefan Gilmore was one that I think is a good player they've lost, but he didn't really play much of them last year. Um, Reddick's gone to the Eagles. Uh, Morgan Fox, as well, is another one they've lost. Uh, and they're all from, from defence. So it's the defence that's going to take, a, take a, a little bit of a hit. What are your thoughts on that off-season? Um, it is a bit sporadic. It seems like... They've lost players on defense and then tried to add offensive linemen to solve the problem of the offense. Um, have they done enough to to help? I guess it's hard to say for a team that didn't have much resources, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you, you, I'm not quite sure that there's a clear plan there, but I would say that the offensive line has certainly had an upgrade. And quite like Bosman in the center, but obviously Austin Corbett coming from the Rams, pretty well paid, so we have upgraded that there. Obviously, got Taylor Mountain right, uh, right tackle. We got the obviously, of the first round pick at uh, left tackle. I, I really think that that's an improved line there. So that should help. That number one should help kind of Mayfield. I always feel like um, Baker needs kind of like a, a safety blanket. So if McCaffrey, I mean, it's an if in it because he? he's been so injury-prone the last two, three seasons, but if he can kind of stay healthy and play maybe 14, 15 games, looking at this offense, it was better than I thought it was going to be. You know, when I was just kind of thinking about the Panthers before kind of delving into it, it's on paper, it's actually better. If Terrace Marshall can be something that he wasn't last season that we was expecting from the draft, I think that would help in a big way. Because obviously Robbie Anderson is... Got history, hasn't he, on social media about Baker <laughs> Mayfield and with these kind of face palm emojis and stuff like
0: that. So, so, yeah, I agree. I do think it's better. I like Terence Marshall. I wanted the, the Chiefs to draft him, they didn't, and then he had up, ended up having a terrible, terrible rookie season. To be honest, could ha- hardly see the field. He didn't even see the roster on game days, um, and that that says a lot for a team that didn't have the greatest, um, didn't have the greatest set of wide receivers ever, and, and he didn't get didn't get on the field, but. I think in terms of running backs, obviously, um, McCaffrey, we'll see if he's healthy. I know anyone who plays fantasy and they've drafted McCaffrey in the last two seasons have been dreading it, just because he hasn't been healthy. If he can stay remotely healthy, and then you've got a good tight end room in Ian Thomas and Tommy Chumbu, who I really, really liked last year. Um, I think the offensive line is improved. I think Brady Christensen sliding to guard will be good. I like Bozeman. Uh, Austin Corbett is a good enough right guard. And then you've got a new left tackle in Aquanu. So I do think the offensive line will really help Baker um let's just see if he connects with his receivers um they've got rashad higgins who played with him haven't they in cleveland that's come over to be a backup wide receiver i quite like that move and then i think dj moore will be his number one option and we'll just see if he can he can throw to him but he's always had a good relationship with tall receivers so i think robbie anderson and him might get on well on the field but we'll see if they've uh, patched things up after the instagram comment um let's move over to defense then still relatively young defense. You've got players like Jeremy Chin, really up-and-coming player. CJ Henderson, who they traded that third-round pick for. That was odd. Um, JC Horn, they drafted in the top 10. Another really talented player. Derek Brown, who they drafted in the first round. Brian Burns, who's a first-round pick. And obviously Matt Ioannidis, uh, who they added this year. On paper, again, the defense is relatively good. Like If you compare this roster to the Falcons, it's a standout, isn't it, above the Falcons? I think the defense is young but good. And then it's only really the fact that their backups are, are not great at all, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that this roster was hurt by what you said earlier, getting Corral in the third round. where well, they didn't have a pick between 6 and 94. They could have used that 94th pick maybe for another young kind of defensive. Maybe in... In the linebacker or something like that, because they're quite weak there. But overall, I mean, got Xavier Woods over from the Vikings, as who played every snap in the secondary for the Vikings last season. I think the secondary is pretty good on paper, to be yes. honest. Yeah, really As If JC Horn especially can live up to kind of the billing he had coming out of college. But on paper, this is good. It's a better roster than the Falcons, but I don't trust matt rule anymore i really thought he was going to be obviously college coaches have had a real sketchy history coming coming to the nfl but i I did think that matt rule was going to kind of be on the better side of that but i do think it was just all going to kind of fall on the coaching staff this year because for me the the schedule which we'll have a look through i'm sure in a second is is pretty tough but this feels like they've got enough to beat the bad teams that they should be and then challenge the better ones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's good for the franchise if it happens,
0: but also the biggest worry for Matt Rule, isn't it? Because I think it's so clear that they're at uh, the bad, the the worst rosters in the league, that in terms of talent, they've got some of the best out of that little group of teams. But it's just can Matt Rule, can McAdoo do, do enough on offence and defence to to get it going. So I almost think that, yeah, I, I agree with you, but if he can't do it only makes his case worse to stay. Do you know what I mean? And I would just think that, for me, he just—if he doesn't win eight games, there's just no way he's going to keep his job. I'd be even surprised then. But um, yeah, there's just no way. Um, I know you mentioned the schedule. In terms of, strength of schedule, similar to the rest, really fourteenth uh, in terms of uh, ease. So pretty much bang on in in the middle of the league. Um, but it is a a fun week one game. So we've got Panthers, Browns, Baker Mayfield versus the Browns. Uh, if there is any, I, I know we saw random comments. I'm not sure what your thoughts on this are, but from people from like Good Morning Football saying that apparently they love Sam Darnold still and that he's got a hell of a chance to start. I don't know if you buy that, but if you don't buy that, um, shouldn't they just start Baker anyway just for this matchup? Because you know you ain't going to get a better Baker Makefield game if he's healthy than week one. That's going to be, he's going to be on top four. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear nothing about Sam Darnold starting <laughs> over over Baker for this. I mean, why why have you traded? Otherwise, that is the biggest distraction that you could have, isn't it? That having someone like Baker Mayfield behind the Sam Darnold. But May, what I, we want? how this has fallen in the end. <laughs> it's uh, obviously there's both me and you don't want Deshaun Watson to play, do we? But I mean, what a story if he if he if it, the story becomes even more. If he does play and it's not just Baker versus the Browns. But I actually put a a tweet out yesterday saying, what do we think that the 6pm Sky game is going to be? And quite a few people said Panthers-Browns. I just think there's no chance of that, even though the the storyline is so big. They're definitely going to be keeping an eye on this game. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a chance of that, but...
0: Yeah, I found it funny. It was like if Baker Mayfield doesn't start, and obviously Watson suspended, they're paying like a hundred and odd million for this year just to have two QBs not playing the Pampers Browns game, which I did find, uh, I did find it quite funny. Um, but no, I don't think it'll be on on TV. Um, obviously, we got Russell Wilson in, in Denver as well in Week One, so uh, the whole schedule is great. It's one of the best Week One schedules in terms of narratives you'll see and if anyone who's followed Baker Mayfield's career when he's played teams he hates he's quite funny he's done certain antics that have got him fined at college uh, I'll let you google the video of what he did but it was quite funny um he had that line didn't he when um who was it that left to go to the Jets was it uh, was it Freddie Kitchens with the Giants? Someone where they scored a touchdown, didn't it? And he basically started screaming on the sideline of them, where an ex-Browns <laughs> coach. Um, and I just think it's going to be hilarious because he, you know, he's just going to be gesturing, he's going to be swearing, he's going to be trash talking, he's going to be all over it with And they're going to
1: win as well, no, no, right. They're going uh,
0: to uh, yeah. win. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think Watson will be suspended for at least. Should be suspended longer, but I think he'll be at least six games, a minimum for me. So I think he will miss this game, uh, and I think if they start Brissette, I just know, I just you know what happens. Baker Mayfield's winning this game, and it's going to be incredibly funny, and we're going to talk about it on the podcast after. Um, but yeah, that is the Panthers. Let's move on to to some prediction stuff. Um, let's go division first before we talk about the playoffs. Um, who have you got winning the division? Because I know the Bucks are obviously heavy favorite in the betting, um, heavy favorite as well to get to the NFC title game, but. We like the Saints roster. We like the Saints kind of new head coach. So, uh, is there a chance, or are you going with the Bucks?
1: I'm going to go. I'm going to go um, Bucks one, Saints two. But I do think, like we said when we looked through the schedules, that it will be close coming into the, like the last three or four weeks of the season. And I think there will definitely be times where the Saints are the top of the division with maybe a, a full game lead at least.
0: Yeah, I agree. I wanted to, to try and mix it up, but I just too much of a believer in, in Brady. Obviously, if there's any issues, we say it's every year, but if Brady's any issues with Brady's health, the backups are terrible. So um, that would be the division dead for them. But I just think if he's healthy, then they've got enough on offense with, with Mike Evans another 1,000 yard receiving season. I think they'll be, be a little bit too good. Um, but I think, he'll I, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be maybe a two game gap sort of thing. Um, I think the Bucks will need to do better in the Saints games this year. Do you know what I mean? Bucks versus Saints to win the division. I don't think they'll be able to lose both games and, and win the division like they've done in the past. I think that they're, they're going to have to put up a better fight, but yeah, I'm going to go one and two as well. Um, Bucks and saints. Um, and I think they, they're, they're both going to be good teams. And I think like you said the saints after six, seven weeks could be with the division, but I think the the Bucks schedule does ease off in the last five or six weeks that, that they'll be able to do enough. Um, what about third place then? Um, look at the rosters. I have to say Carolina for me, would you agree?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Carolina. I'm not quite sure. And just quickly, as you were talking then, just quickly scan down the full Panthers uh, schedule. So I'm going to go Panthers third, but I'm not sure how many wins that's going to equal. I think they're going to 100% need to win several games as underdogs to even come close to kind of a winning record.
0: They can beat the Panthers, uh, beat the Falcons twice though, just to not finish bottom. <laughs>
1: yeah, they, yeah, there's two wins for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and all I'll say is 18th for September, 6 p.m. Giants versus Panthers, the Macadoo revenge game. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what we've got there. The that's McAd- definitely
1: not going to be on Sky, by the way. That at 6 p.m.
0: <laughs> no, I think you'd have to pay people to, uh, to to watch that rather than the other way around. Um, Cool. So we're both going Panthers at three and then Falcons at four. Now, interesting, uh, <laughs> NFC is obviously very different to the AFCs. as we've been speaking about every episode. But predicted number of playoff teams in this division. And I am going to go with two here. I think we're getting two teams. I think the Saints are going to make it. Maybe we're going to lose one from the, the West, potentially, to fit this in. Um, we'll see. But I think the Saints are going to win at least 9 games again but i think more likely 10, 10 games and i think 10 games will be enough in the nfc to get in the playoffs i think them and the vikings are, are probably going to sneak in um what are your thoughts do you think just the bucks or are we going to get two potentially
1: no i think we're going to get two potentially because obviously now it's stretched to seven you you really should just get one division that supplies their winners and the rest can kind of share it out so i do expect one less from the west this year, I think a certain team when it comes in a few weeks' time, whenever that episode is, we'll talk about that, but I definitely think one of them's going to drop off there, and the North should add a team in this season, so yeah, I'm going to go too I like the Saints to make the playoffs, I like that roster
0: Yeah, I love it, I love it. it probably won't be a home game, just because how it's going to fall off sleeve with the Bucksman division here, but any Saints game in the playoffs is fun, but if they manage to somehow get a home game at any point in the playoffs uh those atmospheres are crazy for us to watch on tv aren't they so i'd love to see that happen again but um we'll see i always like the same just because i love their uniforms you know what i mean and their fans and their stadium and their obviously previously their head coach i've always liked them all so i think i've always liked them more than a lot of nfc teams but um yeah the roster is pretty good pretty good this year so two teams um nice cool and that is the uh that is the nfc south um next episode then um we've got it written down a certain way but i'm going to ask patrick live uh, we're supposed to do the afc north next week however until the watson news comes out are we better off doing the booking in the afc west and then doing the north last until unless we get watson news because it probably won't make sense to talk about uh the browns until we know what's going on there right
1: yeah, that makes sense to leave that to last, and that should be only a few weeks before the season, shouldn't
0: it? Yeah, cool. We'll talk about the best two divisions then in the next two weeks, AFC, Western, NFC, Western. Um, remember to go follow us at, at GoForTwoPod, two being the number two. Um, go follow Patrick at, at Muggs NFL. Uh I know you can get all your, uh, your NFL gear for the season. You can get a Baker Mayfield... Panthers t shirt if you want and wear it just when he beats the Browns. We can all wear one together. And, yeah, uh... let's go. I don't get any Panthers
1: orders, you know. I'd love a Baker
0: Mayfield. <laughs> it does not surprise me that you don't get many Panthers orders. <laughs> um, maybe I'll buy my friend Josh, who's a Browns fan, a nice Baker Mayfield t shirt um, with the Panthers logo on. We'll talk about that off air, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. We'll be back either at the end of this week or, or start next for, for the AFC West. Cheers. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah,
1: I'll speak to you soon.
0: Thank uh-huh.